We'd like to announce a special final concert to our world tour. We'll be playing a concert for the masses here at the Soul of Detroit podcast. This will be a very big occasion for us, not only being the largest, but also the most prestigious concert we've ever played. to document that you know we wanted to put it on onto a podcast and everything and this is like it's a high point in our career now we we, we, we get bigger and bigger with every episode you know you ask in a rag and try to ride my tubes gone what are you doing what are you doing that is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, uh, ready as ever with this week's edition of the ML Soul of Detroit podcast. This is, as you may have ascertained from our slickly produced intro, our 101st episode and so we wanted to tie ourselves to another internationally uh, famous and beloved group that has its own internal dynamics, Depeche Mode. And that was a, a teaser for their concert documentary, 101, to mark our 101st nice. anniversary. And, uh, and uh, this episode is not brought to you by Riff, um, where they have Ooh, never some, heard them. some stupid people. <laughs> oh, recording. don't say that. They're very successful. Yes, Be nice. by, by saying the P word on a regular basis. Is that all it takes? Because we've been doing it all wrong. We've been trying to bring uh, well thought out and uh, and cleverly crafted commentary. We're and, still haven't done that. But. Well, but we're trying. I said we're trying. That's a difference. Not hard enough. <laughs> At least not me. By the way, that was a hit, Mark. What? Mike gave you permission to use an actual hit from a new wave group? He chose it. I don't understand. I'm confused. People have actually heard that song before, so that threw me. Yeah, we were going to do, what, what was your group from Austin, the Flaming Turds? <laughs> you used to go to all their shows? Scratch acid. Scratch acid. We don't need to go back down there. We're, we're, we're moving forward here. 101 shows? Yeah. About 102 many. Wow. Um, Sean's off to an early start <laughs> criticizing the show that he's on. Oh, no, because I'm going to disappear yeah, for about 30 minutes. And, just, and don't. And don't then I'll be back. What do we got today? Set the table. This reminds me of how Letterman used to denigrate his own show, but he was actually funny. Sean's sort of like <laughs> Letterman, but not funny. No, I'm not funny at all. And has no idea what's going on with the weather. But he didn't denigrate just the show. He denigrated the network. So I love this show. It's, you know, so draw your I think own, what you mean to say is parallel. you hate this show, but you love the network. <laughs> No, I think it's the reverse. The reverse is for you, though, right? What? No, I you, love. Everybody. You love yourself in the show, but nobody else. I love it. You know who I, I really? I, I I don't want to say love because I I don't want to be overly familiar. But I really like Tracy Martin, who's our guest here, and she's right now uh, frantically looking for the fire alarm to Regretting, try and yeah. <laughs> end this. No, but, I'm uh, not. But there's no escape. She's uh, she is an attorney, a political pro, and knows her way around Detroit politics. So actually, this foolishness just feels like kindergarten to her, because she's been in the real octagon, uh, battling for truth, justice, and various candidates. That is true. That is true. I'm I'm you know congratulations on your hundred and first episode. That's a real 
mile marker. That's fantastic. And thank you for having me on the show. I, uh, you were on our show a couple yes. of weeks back. And Let it go coffee. And yeah. I, I brought tea to a coffee show. So that tells you what's wrong with me. Well, that's because we were spilling a tea <laughs> on local politics. And I really enjoyed our back and forth. You know, I was sewing some questions at you and you know, you were just uh, ML on the spot. That was fun. And Robin. Yeah. Uh, Robin, you know. attorney Robin McCoy, my co-host. And it's a weekly show. You know, we call it a podcast, but it's really a straight up interview show. And, uh, you know, we do it uh, through Zoom on our YouTube channel. Yeah. And so I'm you really guys are way it. ahead of us. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm glad to be here today. Well, Sean, um, Sean sent me a telegram about YouTube. He says, I think this new technology is catching stop. We should see if we get on YouTube. Stop. And then it said something like, I like Seabiscuit's chances in the Preakness. Stop. Are you sensing a pattern here, Sheila? <laughs> and so I... Uh, uh, I'm sensing something. So but... I said, we're, we're, we're working on it. But, um, but I'll tell you who is way ahead on technology. That's our friends uh, at Royal Brian Ford. They, uh, they know everything from the Bronco to the E-Mustang, if you're looking for a new ride for service, repairs, or maybe just an oil change or a new set of tires, Royal Brian Ford is there. They've been there for 75 years at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. Among their, uh, among their satisfied customers are my mom, and I will tell you, uh, based on the reception to my Mother's Day gift, she's very difficult to please. I thought it was a fantastic pair of socks. She felt a little cheated. <laughs> Mm. But uh, they cost me more than ten bucks. That's that's a pretty fancy pair of socks. Merino wool, uh, <laughs> merino polyester. They, no they call it huh? No, they call it Dan Merino wool. It's um. Boy. Well, let me ask you this: When's the last time you spent ten dollars? Uh, Mother's Day, because with the tax, it put uh, it right over ten dollars. Okay. So, well, I, mean, I meant before Mother's Day. I mean, it's a, probably been a while. Since uh, you spent that much money. Mother's Day 2020 was the last time okay. I spent it. Okay. But no, actually, I got her a couple of flats of flowers up at Randazzo's there off of Outer Drive, um, where they had some really cool stuff because everybody else was sold out, but they still had a pretty Really? Nice at Randazzo's? Yep, up there by City Airport. So uh, I think when, when you're right next to a, a cemetery, it makes it tough to keep a lot of flowers on hand, yeah. but the plant selection was outstanding. Okay, cool. I'll have to uh, make a note of that. I'm a bit of a gardener myself. So Oh, yeah, it's right on the back. They have a really good, uh, a really good uh, outdoor nursery there. So that saved me. But uh, if you want to buy your mom a car, maybe, you know, <laughs> I guess, Sean, that's what he's thinking about because he's, you know, he's like, I don't know, 10 grand, 10, $10. It's all the same to me. I'm a big shooter. Royal Brian's no, the place to go. But that's true. Royal Brian is the place to go. There you go. All now right. we agree on something. And if, if we can agree, then I think it's safe to say that you'll be very pleased. Go to RoyO'Brien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. And uh, you can call him too at 888 566 5851-888-566-5851. Let them know that ML sent you. And uh, if uh, if you're more comfortable, just send them a telegram. Just said, ML sent me. Stop. Uh, I will be there soon. Stop. What was your website again? Stop. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have the internet. I'm sending a telegram. Stop. That's twice, Mark. I know. I know. Uh, Same joke twice. That's twice. It worked so well the first time. It did. Stop. It did. It's like me saying, is it Mike or is it ML? <laughs> Stop. Stop. Am I going to be real or pretentious today? That that's Stop. It's like me saying that's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, we just were hoping you're going to bring us some Slim Jims and Sherbet like you do for the boys. Or was it mm. Sorbet and Beef Jerky? I can't remember what it was. What flavors? <laughs> Whatever flavor you'd like. Milk Duds, uh, Milk Dud uh, Smoothie. 
perhaps? You know, they've got these different flavors of Slim Jims and stuff now. Beef jerky. I like teriyaki myself. Sean never yeah. brings us a little anything. salt. A little, yeah. I had teriyaki yeah. last night. What's that? You never bring us anything. Really? I didn't bring Just you hoagies. Everybody wants to know about Izzy's hoagie oh, shop. Right. Oh, that's, that's right. true. You're right. I take back anything bad I've ever said about you. Okay. Is that and and you didn't places. ask for them. I just brought no, them. you're right. And Thank fed you. you. Thank you. are very kind. And of then you. I wiped your, the, the corners of your mouth, <laughs> dripping the cheese down, right? It was a little erotic, yeah. Well, I was just trying to. <laughs> erotic. I don't know. Wow. Where is, are we? What's going on? Yeah, um, uh, well, uh, right. we have a distinguished some, guest today. Let's and talk some here politics. Here we are talking about yeah. hoagies. And, come on. Yeah, so so we'll set the record straight uh, with uh, with Tracy Martin. And uh, credit where it's due, it was on this very network on Friday that Charlotte Duff broke the news that our police chief was about to no longer be our police chief. And subsequent reporting uh, by Charlie and others revealed that he is expected to run for governor as a Republican. So we want to have Tracy on to talk a little bit about the chief's chances, uh, maybe take a look back at his career, what sort of how he'll be remembered. And just this notion of, I think there's a feeling of, oh, I've got a black Republican. I'm going to win. Uh, well, for those of us who have a little bit of gray in the temples, do you remember Bill Lucas? A yeah. black Republican sheriff who ran for governor did not do real good. When was that? I do not remember that. When was that, Tracy? I think he ran oh, against God, that McNamara, right? Yeah, that was yeah. way back when, I think in the 80s. And yeah, William Lucas. But you know, I, that's an interesting point that you raise because I don't think that you can really compare James Craig with William Lucas. I mean, yes, Bill Lucas was very distinguished. He had a lot of support, but didn't quite have the same charisma as James Craig. You know, they call him Hollywood Craig. And he picked up that moniker from his time out at uh, LAPD. You know, okay. he spent 30 years out there. And uh, then he went to Portland and then he went to Cincinnati. And then he came back here to uh, his hometown of Detroit and, you know, is finishing out an eight-year illustrious career as the city's top cop. But I think that, you know, when it comes to Charlie LaDuff's story, I think what really shocked a lot of people was the fact that, you know, Craig was coming out of the Republican closet, so to speak. But he had been signaling before that he was very conservative, don't you think? And that he Absolutely. had these Republican leanings. Yeah, when when he's telling everybody in Detroit they should get a gun, um, I think that was something that you probably wouldn't see on MSNBC or CNN. <laughs> oh, no, uh, definitely not. He was a regular on the Fox News shows, and he was a regular on Fox News shows. And he did other networks, too, so I don't want to say that he was cherry-picking. But he he was not afraid to appear on Fox News at a time when, just last summer, when the city was was a cauldron. It wasn't... It hadn't boiled over like uh, like Wisconsin and Portland and Minnesota. But if you are someone in Detroit who believes that your police department is overly aggressive, is not interested in social justice, and your chief says, no, no, we're cool, and then you see him on Fox News right after that, you're kind of thinking, I don't think we're cool because Fox News was fanning a lot of flames in this country last summer. Were you guys surprised at how many people were surprised that he said, I'm a Republican? Yeah, I know. I was. Really? I mean, I, I'm an independent myself, but I've been a Democrat. I've been a Republican, and I'm just, you know, satisfied with being an independent. But I was just shocked at how people were recoiling, you know, particularly in Detroit, that uh, their police chief has come out as a Republican. 
And uh, as you said, Emma, I mean, he's been on Tucker Carlson's show. I just saw him on Judge Jeanine Pirro's show. Well, that doesn't over I, the to weekend. me that doesn't make you automatic. I mean, yes, that we know. No, that but that's it was where what he was talking about. I think that's though. a testament for him. You're no, you're right. But I think that's a testament for him that a lot of people didn't think about a political affiliation at least until recently, maybe. Yeah, but you know the thing is, ML, you pointed out that he's gone on the Fox News Channel, but it never really stuck to him in terms of a negative, uh, at least for Detroiters, I think. So that's why him possibly challenging Gretchen Whitmer uh, in 2022 is going to be a fascinating political race. I do think that he is going to garner much support from the Republican Party. I mean, he's already reached out to Doug Ducey, who's the governor of Arizona and who um, is the head of the Republican Governors Association. He's had talks with uh, the head of the Michigan Republican Party, uh, Ron Weiser. Um, I find this interesting, though, because, you know, there's been some speculation about who would jump into this gubernatorial race. And, you know, just I think a week back or so, you heard Ronna McDaniel's name mentioned, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she hasn't committed. And then there was some speculation about uh, John James. He formed this new political action committee, uh, Mission First, People Always. You know, he ran a heck of a race uh, just last year, came Almost within won. two percentage yeah. points of beating a sitting Senator Gary Peters. Um, so, uh, but I say all this to say that I don't think that there are, well, he's the only A-lister, okay? Mm-hmm. McDaniel hasn't committed. We don't know what John James is doing. Everybody else who's been mentioned, they're all B-listers, so to speak. So I think the Republican Party is actually going to coalesce around James Craig. A great pick. I think it's a great pick. He's got a lot of crossover appeal. And um my my big question mark is how okay. how politically charismatic is he? Cuz you know, I just see him as the police chief and I see him do interviews. But watching that press conference yesterday, it's like, oh, he knows what to answer and what not to answer. He's very charismatic when it comes to those things. Did you, did you guys get that kind of feeling from him? He's very savvy. Yes, yeah. he's politically savvy. And if you watched him recently on Judge Janine Pirro's show, I thought it was kind of funny to me because he, you know, was taught, he tried to raise an issue about um, the Oscars. And I think he was going down this road about the Oscars being woke. And uh, she cut him off because she wanted to, him to stick to like policing. And so, you know, we're living in this era of what Black Lives Matter and defund the police. And, you know, that's an issue that doesn't resonate with all black people. And so, you know, there's a question about, well, how much support would James Craig really pick up um, from Detroit? And is Detroit really still a factor when it comes to a gubernatorial race? I mean, Gretchen Whitmer, she didn't Did not perform well there. Yeah. Third, Uh, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Well, she she did. She uh, I think Shri Tanadar actually yeah. won uh in 2018 the uh Detroit vote. Um You're talking about in the primary. Yeah, yes, we're course. talking about in the primary, yeah. right? Of course. Um it was between Shooty, Bill Shooty and uh Gretchen Whitmer all day long and she beat them by I think it was about 9 percentage points, almost 10 percentage points. So, I just say all this to say that, you know, Detroit is still important when it comes to a gubernatorial race, but um could James Craig win without Detroit? Oh, I think so. 
So Craig is is interesting, and and while I say I'm not surprised that he's declared as a Republican, it wasn't that long ago when Gretchen Whitmer was looking for a running mate, and there were people um, who were advising her, saying, you know, uh, we 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 think uh, Benny Napoleon would be great because right. they, they really wanted to shore up her Detroit, her southeastern Michigan credentials. They wanted somebody who had some uh, some some of their own cachet. And there were some other names being thrown around, you know, Warren Evans, probably not interested in leaving Wayne County executive, probably doesn't want to be somebody's second banana. I mean, Warren is, he's like, I'm a boss. I'm not a deputy. Um, and, uh, and I, I remember talking to people and saying, well, has anybody thought about James Craig? Because you're talking about, you have a, a fairly liberal Democrat from the, the central part of the state. You're looking for a high profile a Democrat from Southeastern Michigan, preferably someone who doesn't look like Gretchen Whitmer Whitmer, because she wants to try and balance out the ticket. You're looking for male, female. It's kind of like, it's kind of like TV news anchors, you know, right. You have the white woman and the black guy, or you have the black guy and the white woman and the, racial know, I, balancing. So important in Southeastern Michigan. Right? Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to create, you know, this perfect, uh, this perfect setup. And I said, well, what about Craig? So all of which is just to say that, that, about four years ago, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him uh, running on a Democratic ticket, but I think he's decided this is his window. And and unlike Shooty, who's about as charismatic as flat water. Um, oh, you know what? Now, I've got to jump in on this one because I've met Bill Shooty. I mean, fizzy water that somebody shook up. And now well, listen. So at one I, time, he had a little <laughs> I met Bill Shooty and... You know, he's can actually be quite charming in person, but as a candidate, I agree with you. He just didn't resonate. He didn't resonate. And, you know, when that loss really hurt him, it really was a gut punch for him because he thought he was going to prevail. But you know what I find interesting is, you know, at that, that, that news or that press conference yesterday, someone asked, um, Mayor Duggan, who was he going to support, you yeah. know, going into 22 and 2022? And he says, uh, you know, I'm throwing my support behind Gretchen Whitmer. But do you remember when Gretchen was running? He, there was talk that he was actually trying to recruit Gary Peters to run for governor, that he, you know, didn't think that she could do it, you know, that she could uh, get across that finish line. So, you know, what a difference a few years makes. Yeah. And I don't know how much stock to put in that Duggan was not uh, enraptured with Whitmer talk from, from 2018. But once once she was elected, remember, his son became, I think, the head of her transition team. So, I mean, the, the Duggans got on board uh Got on board pretty strong, and and certainly uh, provided some talent to her administration. Dr. Joni Caldoun came from Detroit, and I don't know that that Duggan would have you know uh, been that happy if if she picked somebody off of his staff if if they didn't have some sort of some sort of uh, you know relationship. Right. But um um but yeah, Craig is Craig is going to be very interesting. He's very. So I didn't realize the Hollywood nickname came back from his his L.A. days. I, I assumed it came from his uh, his availability on a regular basis to the media here. Um, it's both. <laughs> which, yeah, and, and people complained about that. They they used it to denigrate him. And I remember seeing him one time when he was out on the street, and he was wearing some blue suede shoes. And I thought, I have never seen a Detroit police chief wear some blue suede shoes. So so he had a, he had a, a flair for fashion in addition to. Um, a uh, a certain avuncular nature, but I never criticize any politician or any public official 
who likes to appear before a camera or a microphone or reporters, because while they may have their own reasons for doing that, to good reporters who know what their job is, you can be invited to a press conference to cut a ribbon and you can still ask somebody a question that might cut their Achilles. I mean, if, if you're not out and about, I don't have an opportunity to find you to ask you questions. And so the Hollywood knock never really rung true with me because I've, I've seen lots of Detroit police chiefs over the last 20 years that you, you could almost never find them. When you found them, you could almost never ask them a question. When you ask them a question, you could almost never get a straight answer. And, and Chief Craig, uh, for whatever any people may think about him, uh, he may dodge uh, some questions, but I saw him square up to more, more pointed questions from reporters than any chief in my experience. And in fact, um, in fact, I remember going to a press conference where we were doing a story about uh, some police that I'd actually exposed who were abusing citizens. And he just said, he's like, why, why don't you go first? You always have the bad questions. Or you always have the, <laughs> you always have the sharp questions or whatever it was. Longest questions. for well, he, he knew that, no, that, that was more of a setup, but, but, uh, but he knew that, um, he knew that he was going to have to answer that question. So he's just like, okay, let's answer that question. Let's we'll get, get to the rest with. of it. Right. Know, which there's something to be said for that. Well, he's really masterful when it comes to his handling of the media. I'm sure you can appreciate that, you know, your Pulitzer Prize. Ooh. Winning. I've never heard that before. reporter. Oh, he didn't um, have to bring that up. Like he yeah. brought up the press conference that I guess was set up because he had broken a story, so the police chief was there because of him, and then he was going to give him the first question, and that was all part of a five minute setup to begin with that Mike just said. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Thanks for interrupting our guest, Sean. No, no, no. I think it's well, great, Tracy, that you said Pulitzer, so he didn't have to he didn't say have it. to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I do appreciate that. You know, I myself have a journalism background. Before I became an attorney, I in another life, um, you know, I worked in journalism and PR but uh back to James Craig uh um, thank you he Sean is a master when it comes to the media and you mentioned about prior police chiefs in Detroit in many ways i think James Craig is like the more successful version of Warren Evans you know because he was a police chief at one point in time and he was somebody who you know you know never met a camera that it didn't like I mean you remember he did that sizzle reel for that uh, TV show uh what was it called I think I the chief you know yeah and uh, he was Dave Bing mad yeah looking and, real and sharp in his shiny physical. black leather jacket and his uni and uh you know, but then there was that uh, Ayanna Stanley Jones debacle. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, yeah, he had to leave. He had to step down. So, but, but Craig is just so masterful the way he, I don't think he avoids questions. He's just masterful at deflecting them. Just like when he was asked the other day about his potential candidacy. And he said, well, you know, I've got to take care of my men and women meaning on the force. And, you know, he gave his retirement date, June 1st. And then he said, you'll hear from me then. But uh, I just thought he handled the press conference beautifully. And it was interesting to see this um, relationship, if you will, between himself and, and Mayor Duggan, uh, because despite him retiring and running potentially as a Republican uh, for the governorship against the mayor's Democratic colleague, they're still good. You know, you got the impression they're still good, you know, at this point in time anyway. Yeah. And, and throughout the, uh, throughout the marches last summer, 
um, the two of them, it was it was like a love fest whenever something would happen. Real bromance. Huh? Yeah, you'd have the chief go up and say, well, the mayor's leadership has been outstanding. And then, right. then maybe the cops got a little rough with some folks uh, and the mayor would come on and say, I think the chief has done a terrific job leading our men and women and law enforcement. I mean, there was... You could not get any space between the two of them. The, the, the mayor seemed to defer to the chief to let him run the department the way he saw fit. And I think, I think it's, it's open for debate whether the police needed to engage with protesters on Gratiot for that first clash. Uh, that's, that's one of those incidents where you might have a mayor saying, boy, I don't know if our chief really handled that well. The next day, the chief decided not to interrupt the march and, uh, and, um, and things were pretty peaceful for the most part from then on out. Um, but I, I do think that um, that you will see the mayor um, probably uh, line up against the chief. And if the if the chief does run for for governor as a Republican, you will probably see the mayor engage on that. There was some speculation early on in the Duggan administration that he really wanted Eric Jones to be the police chief. He ended up moving him over to a city department, took him out of the police department, put him in a city agency. And has since made him our fire chief or fire commissioner. Yeah. Uh, so commissioner. So, yeah. So he may be waiting in the wings. We'll see. But oh, you I, mean as a replacement for, for James Craig? For Craig. Yeah. There were people who thought that uh, that Duggan really recognized uh, talented leadership in Jones and wished he could make him police chief, but he didn't want to hmm. knock Craig out. I think one of the most amazing things about the Duggan um, Craig relationship is when you're a, a mayor of uh, a big city. And when you're a mayor, maybe even of a little city, when you're a mayor who knows politics so well, how is it that you do not want to have your own police chief? Because you got your police chief who knows when some dirt happens to call the mayor's office first. You've got your pipeline. And I don't know that 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 ever really developed with Craig. Craig was always kind of his own man, which is extraordinary in uh in American politics. He was. He was his own man. And I mean, you know, back to this point about, oh, the surprise about Craig running as a Republican potentially. Well, I mean, he was appointed after all by Kevin Orr, the emergency manager, by way of a Republican governor in the form of Rick Snyder. And I agree with you that Craig has always rolled as his own man. And in a way, I kind of picked up this bristling, you know, that he was eager to get out from uh, Duggan's shadow, you know, so that he could spread his wings and uh, per perhaps, you know, fulfill his destiny, his political destiny. And um, it's just going to be fascinating to see what develops within the next uh, 12 months. Tracy, do you think people were surprised because they see him as being from Detroit, as being black? And not thinking about him as being a police chief, just by on the surface level, like, well, he's a black guy from Detroit. Why Why wouldn't he be a Democrat? Yeah, I think you hit on something there because uh, I think it is all about race. You know, we are living in um, hyper-partisan times, you know, when it comes to the polarity between the two parties, but also um, a heightened sense of, well, identity politics, frankly, okay? And so, you know, I'm out on social media a lot, and I do see a lot of people saying, oh, he's a traitor, he's a sellout. Well, I'll take that back. I see some people saying that. The bottom line, though, with Craig and his crossover appeal 
is the fact that, you know, he isn't for defund the police. And, you know, frankly, there are a lot of black people that don't want to yeah. see defund the oh, police. They want, they want more police. Yeah, they don't want chaos. They don't want anarchy. Uh, they had no problem with the way Craig handled uh, the protests last year. Black Lives Matter. Detroit will, will breathe. Or, re- yeah, remember that big protest because of the Hakeem Little situation? Yeah. Which, you know, basically, I mean, Hakeem Little, the late Hakeem Little, he shot on a cop. So, yeah. I mean, what were they supposed to do? I thought Craig handled that very well. He getting, handled it great. Getting the he video released out there. the video. Yep, right away. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this is my point. Goes back to my point about his masterful handling of the media and um, optics. I think he's just great at community policing. It's going to serve him well with this campaign. So what do you make, and ML alluded to it earlier, what do you make about people going, oh, well, he's black, so they're just going to vote for him anyway? Because there seems to be that feeling out there that – Black people will vote just for a black guy. I think some people will vote for a candidate just because they're black. We've never had a black governor here in Michigan, and some people want to see that happen. And you have uh, quite a few conservative black folk out here. And yes, listen, we saw this with John James when he ran against Gary Peters, a Democrat. There were many black people who crossed over. They crossed the party lines and they voted for John James because, I mean, after all, he's, you know, a military veteran. I mean, he put out those great commercials. He's got a beautiful family. Uh, You know, he was criticized because of his relationship with the president. But I mean, my goodness, who, you know, wouldn't, um, as a a political candidate, try to tap into Uh, that connection with the POTUS. And I don't think that this is going to be an albatross around James Craig's neck in terms of Donald Trump. I just personally don't view it that way. This is what some of these pundits are out here saying that, Mm. oh, you know, that's just going to turn people off so much. Um, Now, there are so many issues that Craig stands for that really resonate with people. Um, And when you combine that with his media savvy and his charisma, I just think he's like um, the total package when it comes to a political candidate. And I think that Gretchen Whitmer... Um, is maybe a little worried because be. she's got her liabilities, you know, to deal with. How do you feel about the way she handled the trip to Florida? I think that she didn't handle it properly. Yeah. I don't think she has got the right people around her advising her because I think that uh, that's a relatable issue going to see a parent who may be on their deathbed. Um, I think if she had just been upfront about it, you know, people would have understood it more. But for her to hide it when she's out here telling other people, you know, you can't travel. Um, the cover up seems worse. Than it the does. Crime. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, the, you know, I mean, this has happened all the time with other politicians with military helicopters. And I think Chris Christie, you know, had an issue with that, too. And um, I he had just, an issue with beaches. Yeah, <laughs> true. he did right. have yeah. an issue he with shut beaches. the beach down, and he and his family were there. Yeah, I remember seeing that photo of him and the wife, yeah. you know, sitting on a beach, and he's working on his. No tan. one around him, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, but it just wasn't handled right, and uh, you know, she came in and campaigned on these promises of fix the damn roads, and yeah. that never happened. And she has not. Sure, the roads are getting fixed. I mean, I I see more construction when I'm. Trying to get from here to there than I have in a long time. Yeah, it's everywhere. Well, I see orange barrels, but I don't. The roads are just as bad as ever. I don't know about your neighborhood, but um, ninety four on the east side is pretty smooth, and and if you you go up seventy five. 
they, they're doubling the the width of it. I mean, it's now how much of that was approved under Snyder, and how much is that? Is well, this is, is my point. Budget. You know, with Biden's uh, infrastructure bill, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for her to tie in with that. I don't see a lot of chatter about that. Um, you know, she has been riding on this COVID wave. Uh, her handling of it. But then, you know, there's uh, Charlie LaDuff talked about the nursing home issue. Yeah. You know, that's going to be major. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's major. I know some misinformation about that, though. What's that? Yeah, I, I know some nursing home uh, workers who say that uh, the way she handled nursing home, there was no better way to do it. Exactly. So, I mean, there's really. Why not send the people to the uh, TCF center where they had the makeshift hospital? The same with Cuomo. Why didn't the people go on the ship that they had float into the harbor? I mean, they didn't even have any patients on that ship, and they didn't send anybody to the TCF center. And, um, and why uh, were people? Mo- why were they patients being moved around so much when we weren't supposed to move? Yeah, so I don't get I, and, that. And I I'm think all it was for mishandled. People can make mistakes. Just you got to own up Absolutely. to it, and then change your behavior. And she did not seem to do that. Absolutely, with the I agree opinion. with you. Well, I, I read some reporting in the Free Press by Claire Hendrickson, taking a look at some of the things that's been said about what she didn't do at the nursing homes and. A lot of what she's accused of being done uh, doesn't. The facts don't back up the accusations. But I, I'm not an expert on that subject. You run on transparency. Kinda... You need to be a little more transparent than what she has been. Well, that's different. That's about different a than a issues. nursing homes issue. Well, but a lot of that's transparency too, though. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. And you know, Michigan is one of the worst states when it comes to transparency and politics. We need to have more sunshine in this state. Um, but you know. All of this goes to say that, I mean, this uh, match is sh- shaping up between Craig and Gretchen Whitmer, big Gretch as they call her. Um, I, um, it's very yummy to me. I mean, um, as uh, somebody who's worked in politics and who just loves politics, even if you don't love politics, it's going to be fascinating to the layperson to see how this all goes down. Now, before that election, there is the mayoral election. Is, is Duggan in any trouble of losing that, in your opinion? No chance. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, look, he's got the power of the incumbency. The incumbent always, you know, has a leg up on any opponent. I think the people are satisfied, for the most part, with the job that Duggan has done. I mean, has he been perfect? No. I mean, one of the big criticisms is the neighborhoods. People still feel like the mayor has you know, ignored the neighborhoods, that the focus has been on downtown and midtown. But um, when you look at his challengers, I mean, Tom Barrow, who's run, who's running for the fifth time in four election cycles, and uh, Anthony Adams, who, you know, was in the Kwame Kilpatrick administration, and who is, you know, running this um, campaign that just, it really isn't resonating with the voters at this, you know, stage of the game. I just don't, I don't see anybody out there that uh, could, you know, reasonably win. No, I think Duggan's got it all day long, you know, and, uh, you know, I had someone on my show uh, last weekend and I asked the end of, it was Ed Sarpolis with Target oh, Insight. I love um, Ed. I love uh, Ed Sarpolis, yeah. you know, with his, God, he's a, a master, you know, with the numbers. And I asked him, I said, you know, this... Of course, he doesn't always pick the winners. That's one of the problems with his numbers, but... Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going there. He can make them dance. But he made this, you know, I posed this question to him about this announcement of, of James Craig that um, he's, number one, retiring, 
And number two, he's uh, contemplating a run for governor. And number three, as a Republican, would that in any way impact Duggan negatively? And he said, no. I mean, you know, uh, I think everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of people have suspected that he might be a Republican. And, you know, until he leaves, everything uh, is going to be, you know, very copacetic between them. But once he gets out the door, once Craig officially retires, and if he decides to run for governor, you may see, you may very well see Duggan, you know, turn on Craig. And there are some issues that he could turn on him with, you know, because Duggan has, um, you know, has said that he's got, you know, he's giving his full support behind Gretchen Whitmer. So um, he said, no, he doesn't think that that in any way, shape or form is going to impact Duggan. So. Yeah, I don't see Duggan losing at all in terms of the mayor race. And I think that he gets to be the mayor as long as he wants to be, frankly. You know, there's no term limits uh, for mayor in the city of Detroit. So, um, you know, maybe he might have another beyond this election cycle, maybe another one in him. Um He's going to have to deal with that uh, new city council and that all-important District 4 race. Yeah, you raise a good point. I don't know how you make that District 4 race out to be. Yeah, you may raise a good point about changing (laughs) city council. I mean, what, uh, four incumbents decided not to run, so they're not going to be incumbents. And um, you were sitting with a candidate here, uh, right here in the studio. And I find... That you mentioned the District 4 race. That is one of the most fascinating races to me because you have an individual who's got all this name ID. He was a former, you know, uh, not former, but a Pulitzer Prize. I've heard, yeah. A reporter. I heard he has an Emmy, too. You've got a judge, a retired judge. Multiple Emmys. Multiple Emmys, too, right. Since since you mentioned it. Multiple (laughs) Emmys, and you've got a retired judge. And the race, but you've also got this young hotshot black guy by the name of Tucson Knight, who's a former deputy manager, um, has a close relationship with Duggan and very charismatic. I think it's a three-man race if one of the men can manage to stay on the ballot. You know, there's been an effort to knock uh, retired Judge Virgil Smith off the ballot. I haven't heard anything about that lately, um, but uh, this individual, Lee Reed Pratt, filed suit um she's uh, represented by ann arbor attorney andrew uh, patterson they call him drew patterson and you know she makes an interesting point with the suit incidentally the state court administrative office was sued they call it scale for short and the allegation is that well first of all for people who don't know judge virgil smith is actually retired and so he's not elected, and he's come back to my home court, Lincoln Hall of Justice, where the juvenile court sits, to help out. And this happens frequently uh, in criminal court and over at the civil uh, courts that came at. And so he's come back to help out. And so this suit um, says that um, it alleges that, quote, knowingly permitted Smith to openly run as a candidate for a non-judicial office. And Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, um, whom the plaintiff says has a statutory duty to direct the Detroit city clerk to address Smith's candidacy. 
uh, she is in, in essence saying that um, Judge Smith's candidacy violates the state constitution that says a, quote, judge of a court of record is ineligible for an elective office other than a judicial seat during the period of his service and for one year thereafter. If you may recall Karen McDonald, she was a sitting judge out in Oakland County. Yeah. She had to mm-hmm. step down for, you know, a whole year before she could run against Jessica Cooper for prosecutor, which she won, she won. that race, yep. sent Jessica Cooper a Democrat packing. Um, wasn't she primary judge before she ran for prosecutor too. Yes, she was. Yeah, so, but Kim Worthy had to step down before you. For the it's record, different though. I, I have no interest in Judge Smith being out of the race. To me, you know, I'd like to see as many people on the ballot as possible. I mean, he's um, a you know a, a, a really good opponent. I mean, if he could get knocked off the ballot, I mean, wouldn't you see that as uh, good for you and your candidacy? Your campaign? Uh, Tucson Knight's a good candidate. Letitia Johnson's a good candidate. I think there's seven people, including myself, on the ballot right now. Well, so. nobody's saying that uh, the, you know your opponents aren't good candidates, but from where I sit, there's top yeah. three because I, you know, a lot of people. Letitia Johnson. And if I was running, I don't think run. I don't think I'd want a lawsuit if I was currently uh, running I, for something. I, I'm running to be any and everyone in the race. If it's six, if it's 600, if it's one sixth, which would be weird, but um, <laughs> you know, it, to me, it, we're doing our thing. Uh, we hope our thing is better than other people's thing. We're meeting a lot of people. We're having a lot of conversations. We're getting a lot of good feedback. So people are receptive to you out there on the campaign trail. Yeah. People are even inviting me in their homes now, which really? is, is kind of that, that wouldn't have happened a year ago when we were sort of, you know, in the throes of, of the pandemic. But I think people are loosening up and they, they want to talk about change that they want to make. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, you know, I, I wish, I wish, I wish the judge a best of luck. And I hope, uh, like all the other people running in district four, I hope they all come one vote short of me. Well, listen, I just <laughs> want to, you know, say on the record what a, that what a politician type of answer. I don't well, No, I mean, I, 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 I I've never been someone who That's, says, you know how I'm going to win the championship. I'm going to get all the teams disqualified before the playoffs. I mean, I, I want to fight. That's what it's all well, about. That's very noble of you. But, you know, I think this is just emblematic of the type of political climate that we're in now. You know, it's, um, election by litigation, you know, so to speak. But I don't think that this suit has a, much of a leg to stand on, though, based on Judge Smith's status as really like a, a contractor. He's not elected. So, you know, he doesn't have to um, adhere to these rules. But I think there could be an argument for separation of powers, though. How can you have someone, you know, running for a legislative seat when they're also serving in the judiciary? But that wasn't an allegation. So I don't know, maybe they'll amend their complaint. I don't know. But I haven't heard anything about this since the news broke on April 30th. Yeah, have I, you? I, no, I'm, I'm paying attention to one campaign, and that's <laughs> keeping me busy as hell. That's that's uh, yours. ML4Detroit.com, right. uh, okay. by the way. Yeah, but you got to, you know, keep an eye on the competition. But you said you don't care, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you, know, we, you know, we run across each other on the trail. I mean, uh, I haven't run across Judge Smith campaigning, but, you know, Tucson and I, he was driving down Outer Drive when I was cutting the grass, and he pulled over, and we had a nice conversation. And I've, okay. I've known Latino. Tisha for years. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, let's, let's get to it and, and, and hopefully we make the best case. And if we don't, well, that's on us. Right. But, but you know, I, there's other people in that race too. This uh, young man, Kenneth 
Snap. Ken Snap. I met him. KenSnap.com. Yeah. I'm, I'm, dot org? I met Might him. Might be .net. But on the other candidates, I mean, I, like I said, I think it's a three-person race. Um, so you, you, you're discounting Letitia. I just don't think. She got 43% of the vote against Andre Spivey last time. Yeah, well, that was a different race, and you weren't in it, and Judge Smith wasn't in it, and I don't believe Tucson Knight was in it either. No, Tucson. So I think that you know when you have uh, such a high caliber field, and you have candidates with high name ID, mm. high profiles, somebody like a Letitia Johnson. I mean, she would really have to work. You know, and have some commercials, some TV ads. And when I say work, I mean be out there knocking every single door, hitting doors. And she has to work to raise her profile to just to catch up with you guys. And I just don't see that happening. She sent my wife a Mother's Day card. It, it didn't get there till Monday, so I beat it by a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you see, count midnight, <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. But, uh, but before we let you go, because I know you have to get to court, Speaking of high-profile candidates, you have worked before with Coleman Young Jr. Uh, I have. He is a candidate for Detroit City Council at large. What are his chances? Is he going to be the top vote getter? Is he going to finish second? Is he not going to make it? What What's your prediction with Coleman Young returning with a Coleman Young returning to Detroit City Hall? Well, I cite to Ed Sarpolis again, Target Insight, who um, did a poll, did a survey, and um, on that at large seat, and Coleman Young was coming out number one. I think, you know, with his high profile, that high name ID, I think it served him well, even though he lost to Duggan uh, by running that uh, race, running that campaign. Uh, he got even more exposure. So I do think that that one of those at-large seats is his all day long. Now, the big question is whether Janie Ayers is going to manage to, she's an incumbent, you know, to uh, stay on the ballot. Uh, she's got ballot issues. And if she does stay on the ballot, I think that she's going to enjoy, continue to enjoy a lot of union support, which is going to help her reclench that seat. Um, she's a very high quality individual. And when the pandemic hit, she and Roy McAllister, unbeknownst to anybody, we're volunteering at the state fairgrounds testing. Oh so, yeah, that's so, right. I mean, that's yep. that speaks a lot to their commitment to public service, uh, and not to being glory hounds. Which I think most council members would say, "I'm going to volunteer, but can you get my good side when yeah. I volunteer?" You know? I call them camera chasers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of the uh, at large seat, you do have other candidates in that race, like Nicole Small, who's a charter commissioner in leadership and uh she has been very vocal uh you also have mary waters in that race um you know she's a former state representative and uh she has a little bit of political baggage but you know people have short memories and they just remember her and how much they like her she's very personable um I don't very know. Nice, very nice woman. Yes, very nice woman. Um, but you other have other people in that race: Jermaine Jones, Royce Kinnebrew. Um, you know, so we'll see. But you know, in terms of the at-large, that's you know running citywide. A Coleman Young, his name's on one of those seats, and um, I really think Janie Ayers, if she can manage to stay on that ballot, she's going to reclench as well. The other race that I do find interesting um, is District Six. You know, that's uh, Raquel Castaneda Lopez's district, and um, you know she's not seeking re-election. She's looking to hand off. 
She's looking to hand off to her endorsee, is Gabriela um, Santiago Romero. You know, there's two Santiago's in that race. And so I don't know if there's going to be a little voter confusion, although one candidate is male and the other candidate is obviously female. Um, it's interesting. The other Santiago has the same name as a baseball player, Hector Felipe Santiago, who played with the Tigers at one point in time. He's a free agent now. He played with the Twins, with the Angels. Name recognition. Yeah. You know, and he uses the know. baseball motif on all of really? his campaign materials. He does. You know, he says that people have mistaken him for the major league oh, how convenient. baseball player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to have a major league baseball player in Detroit somewhere. I'm not sure we have any on Woodward. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, um, you know, that District 6 race also featured David Sanchez, an uh, individual who I've met and interviewed on Political Coffee. Very impressive. Uh, also, Hector Santiago was very impressive as well, a graduate of uh, the Mayor's Clean Slate program. You know, he gets out there and he talks about justice and, you know, um, how he's been able to turn his life around um, by getting an expungement. Um, but David Sanchez, I don't know. He's got ballot problems too. Yeah. I, I thought I read in the Detroit news that he was not certified for the ballot. Uh, that's wow. just what I read. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I know there are a lot of people who thought that he would be the handpicked challenger to, right. for the people who didn't like Raquel Castaneda Lopez. They thought uh, Sanchez was going to be the standard bearer, but, um, but you got to get on the ballot to, to win. So, yeah, that's uh, too bad for David Sanchez, if that's true, that uh, you said the Detroit News reported that he I, wasn't I, certified. I believe I read it in the Detroit News of the Detroit Free Press. They listed the candidates who were satisfied, uh, uh, certified, and I did not see his name there. But, um, but wow. we will, we'll double check that and let people know. Wow. Well, I did hear from David Sanchez that he was having ballot problems, but I didn't know, you know, what the extent of it was. The other uh, race before I go is District 7. You know, that's Gabe Lee. Yeah, what happened to that silly little bastard who was representing uh, District 7? Well, he got a sweetheart deal. I mean, you know, he was it the Monday before last. He took a guilty plea for misconduct in office and he's finally stepped down. Finally, finally, after two years, he was allowed joke. to keep his almost $90,000 a year job. Totally and joke. he's represented by Steve Fishman, One attorney Steve Fishman. Defender yeah. of the stars. I mean, premier uh, criminal defense bars. attorney. Yes. And, and he hasn't been sentenced yet. He won't be sentenced until June the 7th. But there's a plea agreement. I do not believe the judge will deviate from the plea agreement. And there's no jail time. Wow. So he's going to turn out to be, I think, a political consultant. He's going to hang out a shingle and, you know, make a lot of money as a political <laughs> of consultant because he's not going to jail. <laughs> of course. Well, based on his political track record and instincts, I encourage any of my opponents to hire him because uh, that would be a real boon for my campaign. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the one thing about his resignation, besides just how how ridiculous it was, it took that long. That's the first time after he quit that I heard members of Detroit City Council and the mayor criticize him. They did not say an ill word about this man until after he what had resigned. Joke. 
I mean, you know, so listen, I don't want to turn this show into campaign commercial, but I will not sit next to somebody like that and keep my mouth shut. I just can't do it. Well, you were calling we know, we for all know that. You were calling for his resignation. Yeah. I saw you out there in front of was, the spirit of Detroit. No, you'll sit next to my two mom people shot that are wearing video. your gear <laughs> like us. But and sometimes I call you guys out. So proof, exactly. proof, proof point made. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Hmm. But uh, what, what Tracy? <laughs> so proud. Thank you for thank you for coming and joining us. Tracy is a uh, political consultant. She is the co-host of the Politico Coffee Podcast. And for some of our listeners who maybe uh, don't have the best judgment, she's also an attorney. So you may want to look her up. So well, Tracy, thank you, ML. Thanks thank for coming you. on. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here with you and your crew and um i'd love to come back and talk with you more as this uh james craig story uh develops you know i i think we definitely have to see how some of your predictions are breaking down we we definitely want to see uh and and ed sarpolis in fairness to ed uh, not many pollsters get everything right in detroit including everyone who uh, anointed mayor freeman hendrix uh kind of didn't work out and of course those people who uh announced were the first to herald the arrival of president hillary clinton so uh, this happens it's a tough town to get things right on but uh but uh, we'll check all those predictions and we'll have that on on the next episode or a future episode we may have we may have chief craig on the next episode oh, of, that would be great the show we'll we'll see he's uh, he's thinking about it but uh, but tracy thanks so much for joining us my pleasure thank you so much for having me Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Hey, if you are a guy out there, you're one of those geeks and uh, need to get cleaned up a little bit, when it comes to your hair, get back in your normal routine. Let Lady Jane's make you look and feel like a king. Right now, they have a new one in Grand Blank on Saginaw Road, just south of Hill Road, next to AutoZone. You can let one of their talented stylists give you an award-winning haircut, invigorating shampoo, hot leather neck shave, hot towel treatment for just 16 bucks. Don't procrastinate. Keep your hair looking its best. Get to Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men today on Saginaw Road. This one, uh, just south of Hill Road, next to AutoZone. Of course, you can go online and look it all up, ladyjanes.com. It's wicked awesome. It is. It is very, very good. Um, you know who's wicked awful? Uh, Todd Corser. Oh, I know him well. He of the uh, false flag operation who tried to cover up as an affair with another state representative. By, uh, I mean, the, the story is so crazy. Um, trying to create some narrative, he he tried to create a rumor that that he was gay because he thought that that would help cover up his affair and then and then he would denounce the allegations that he was gay because he's not gay and all this other anyways it was all exposed by chad livingood who at the time was working at the detroit news in some outstanding journalism well uh state rep todd courser and his lawyer sued the detroit news three years ago for defamation uh well they just agreed to settle a lawsuit the newspaper filed for $20,000. Their case went nowhere because it was bunk from the jump. The Detroit News said, well, you know what? We're not going to get pushed around. And good for you, Detroit News. They sued back. So the uh, the $20,000 is a pretty nice chunk of change, but it's nothing compared to the nearly $80,000 in sanctions that a judge levied against Corser and his attorney two years ago. In fact, it was $79,701.63. I'm not sure quite how they calculate that perhaps there's some interest involved 
So the news said, uh, you know, um, we want that money. And it uh, turns out that uh, the lawyer's wife may have been caught trying to shift some of those funds to keep the newspaper from getting that. So um, the Detroit News editor and publisher, Gary Miles, proclaimed that we would not only prevail, we would seek sanctions. Won some sanctions. And Beth LeBlanc reported that Miles also said the $20,000 settlement sends a message that frivolous lawsuits against news organizations for performing their duties under the First Amendment will not be taken lightly. So, Todd Corser, you're our Geek of the Week, but you know who's not? Who? Gary Miles in the Detroit News, because the $20,000 that they won, that they were entitled to, just a fraction, frankly, of what they're entitled to, that they could sorely use to support the news operation instead they're going to donate that money to the Rosa Parks Scholarship. Ooh, who gets the write-off? Foundation. So uh, uh, that's a good question. I don't think you can deduct uh, uh, charitable donations. At much. Well, maybe a business can. At any rate, uh, Gary Miles. <laughs> Not the important part. Prince of the Week. Todd Corser. Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. Jokes. A bad name. He's already air drumming. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sean is not impressed, I can tell you that much. Nice to have Matt back. Yeah, I often wonder yeah. whether uh, whether uh, the reason to drink Altus, which some people call Altus, is because of the great taste or because it's a Detroit, a Detroit original, a beer that went away, but like the city is coming back better than ever. Or if the reason why people like to drink Altus is because they know Matt is coming up with his comedy uh, <laughs> session. Whatever the reason, you can find Altus on your store shelves. You can find it on tap at your favorite bars. You can, can go online and it's at altus.beer. That's A-L-T-E-S dot beer. And you can find out which stores carry it. Uh, Mark, I, I, you were uh, wondering which major chain in Michigan yes. just started carrying which one? Um, Altus. And uh, I'm wondering if you can guess. I, I think you may be Major chain in Michigan? I would say Meyer. Uh, you, you got on the first right. try. Hey. You got right. on the first try. Yeah. So if you are a Take Meyer that, Sean. Nice job. Quality Detroit beers. You can Good go job. pick up some Altus what? at your friendly neighborhood Meyer store. Do it today. So uh, Altus.beer to find out where, or just go to the friendly shelves of your local 50 acres there, the Myers chain, as they like to be called. Now, we have not had Matt on the show for a while, um, and uh, a petition drive was launched. The signatures were many. Uh, the argument was persuasive. Me off. They were delivered to us, but I decided to have him back on the show. <laughs> Anyways, um, depending on what happens in the next three minutes, there's still time to sign those petitions. Matt, I don't want to say that, you know, that your entire life is riding on this moment. Um, but the bar is very low. Yeah. Let's just say, uh, you know, Eminem was under a lot of pressure. He had just one shot and he delivered. Uh, how are things on your side of eight mile? Well, I'm I'm excited because I can get a lot done in three minutes. So. 
Okay, we're going to let that one go, <laughs> and we're going to dive right into the, since we just had an attorney here, I think I have to say this, the alleged comedy portion of our show. Well, I guess we can get started. 2.15. Um, okay, so in 1838, a blacksmith named John Deere built the first steel plow that became a commercial success. And it's uh, pretty much uh, how John Deere became top of the line. I mean, the only thing that plowed fields any better was Burt Reynolds. Ooh, hey. Yeah. The, uh, Come on. The pride of Lansing, Michigan, Burt. Come on. That's a good one. Sean, nothing? No, it's fine. It's jokes about a 70s movie star, but keep going. <laughs> well, it's history. <laughs> the historical punchline. I know. Yeah, it's, it's about history. <laughs> Throw him a bone. Even if Okay, well, moving on. This week in 1940, Winston Churchill said this. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, sweat, and tears. It's an odd accent for Churchill. Well, it happens. And then he spouted off the rest of the hot sauces for chimichanga night. Oh, hmm. oh you love it. Sean, is, uh, Sean would like that just because it's about food. Sean is signaling assent by uh, Jimmy his food. nose, or he may be calling for the double <laughs> steel. I'm not sure. Jimmy Chong, Jimmy Chong is just a colonial appropriation of the fucking oh. burrito. But go ahead. Oh, and and no. nobody okay. was a bigger colonial uh, power than Winston Churchill. So That's nice right. tie into there history. Excellent. And funny, <laughs> too. Finally. Not, not, not the thing Matt said, but everything after that was pretty pretty mirthful. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's execute yeah, let's, this piece. Please. Finally, with uh, this week, Eddie Murphy was arrested in Santa Monica for picking up a oh, transsexual yeah. prostitute. This uh, week, was eh? in, yeah, Well, this week in 97. Oh, 1997. Uh, okay. So yeah, this is he, history. He was, okay, good. Yeah, he was immediately released once police realized he was just taking Dennis Rodman to get his wedding dress fitted. <laughs> I like that you have cute. geopolitical flair. They brought kind of indirectly North Korea into it, uh, unrest in Los Angeles. Um, I'm trying. England. To, somebody give me something. England. Yeah, what do we got? He brought in England. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just some spicy. I'm a monkey. Sauce. I just read what's on the page. I'm like the Ron Burgundy of the podcast. You know, it's not funny, but I'm, but, you know, I get it. Wait, you're not writing your own stuff? Yeah, as I, as I recall. Well, I write it, but then I have to read it because right. I don't memorize it. Ron Burgundy was hugely successful and very popular. So where's the, where's the, where's the parallel? I don't know, ML. Do you, comb your, do you comb your mustache? <laughs> Good. Good I do one. comb my mustache. Good. What? What a weird question. Ron Burgundy combed his mustache. Oh, it was just a okay. weird question. He also had many leather-bound volumes. <laughs> hey, everybody, come and see how good I look. You there do you look go. very nice, Matt. It's good to have you back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. And we just added 100 signatures to that petition. <laughs> hey, overreaction is <laughs> not the best strategy when you want to look at investing, especially over the long time. Uh, neither is burying your head in the sand and hoping it all turns out for the best. So call our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. He's going to point you in the right direction. Stocks, bonds, 401k. He's going to get you a strategy. And that's what you need when it comes to inv- uh, investing. So get advice. Call Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Let's see how long this takes, Sean. Because he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. What? 
I can't, I can't believe it was that quick. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Oh man, am I am I glad we got rid of all those Facebook Live just barnacles. It's just the cool kids well, hanging out here. I don't know if they're gone yet, so they probably heard all oh, that. What? Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, those other... Uh, oh, Charlie. I don't know how you really feel. Oh, boy. This is this never happens to Charlie. Um, uh, yeah, it's just the cool kids here in Room 7609, the new wave suite where we take new wave bands you know and love and play the songs that you really didn't hear but Awkward. that you will now know and love. Or what we do is we take a band you never heard of, we play something of theirs that's awesome, and then Sean brings up uh, Scratch Acid. <laughs> so that's kind of something you can count on every week. But this week, marking our 101st episode, yes, we're going to find a way to celebrate every friggin' episode. <laughs> why not? Someone needs to. And you know why? Because people ask me, what reason do I have to celebrate our 101st episode? And I say, you don't. Nothing. <laughs> Just like Depeche Mode, who join us with nothing. Sitting target, sitting waiting, anticipating nothing. By Depeche Mode. Nothing. Sitting target. Sitting
as we continue to celebrate our 101st anniversary um, oh my with God. Depeche Mode's 101, <laughs> uh, I, you know, Depeche Mode's great, so I don't know that we need to, to dive into this unless Sean insists. But um, I No, just, they're great, and I didn't like them when I was young, but I, I really love them now and have for a long time. Wait, so. are you serious? I don't know if you're – I can't tell if you're joking. No, 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 I'm serious. I, I, they were not edgy enough. I was didn't know what I was doing back then. But no, they're great. And You're doing uh, scratch I've grown acid back then, I think. Oh, and, no, no, and no. From no. what I understand, some heroin and some malt, some malt duck. Oh, no, no heroin. Perhaps, uh, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> some, uh, some, no some snow caps. Dude, you're up there shooting, uh, <laughs> you know, shooting uh, amphetamines and taking b- mushrooms and beans when you're living in New Hampshire. What the fuck I, are you talking I, about? I, I might have shotgun a couple of beers and turned a uh, a Coke can into a uh, uh, multi-purpose vessel, but that's it. Mm. Did you ever oh, back? Drugs. Let me ask you guys this real quick. Back when Coke cans, maybe think is remember when cans were made out of <laughs> this going? steel or not steel, but a much stronger material and yes. flimsy aluminum. They had a zipper seam on it because they couldn't melt it like they do with aluminum i mean it was so we used to take three or four of those and uh and stack them on top and duct tape them and cut the cut the tops off so basically you had a long tube and then take a a can opener and put a little hole in the bottom of the bottom can and then dump lighter fluid down and put a tennis ball on the top and then light it and it would shoot it several hundred feet in the air but if you tried to do that now with the cans it'll blow out they would blow out and you know you'd get shrapnel everywhere and uh, huh but I thought uh, you were describing making a bong for a second. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was just a fun little thing coming. we did in a little lake in a little town in Indiana. You know, your your people, Mark. Sure. Yeah. From I Indiana. love Indiana. What's wrong with Indiana? I, but, but, I mean, you know, it's fun to make things go high. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's the thing about having little kids now, because now I'm doing all those science projects. But you wouldn't do something like that, right? Can you imagine the way we used to, to do stuff? I oh, know, I made I a know rocket. People our age uh, say that shit all the time. I made a pretty tiresome. sweet rocket last summer and shot it and landed on our roof. I was very proud of that myself. That is awesome. Out of yeah. baking soda? Yeah, of course. The girls are very impressed. But awesome. if, if I didn't have kids, it would be really weird if I just did that on my own. Not necessarily. You just uh, yeah, having be, a nostalgia. It'd be weird if I guess. Hey, I'm going to take a Saturday a and uh, be a little nostalgic. That'd be fun. <laughs> it was a blast. Literally. Um, Sorry, ML. No, that's okay. Back to you. Sean. Go uh, ahead. Get back to politics. Sean, like uh, Sean, like uh, Depeche Mode, uh, reminds us life is full of surprises. Huh? That's a lyric from nothing. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. What, what were we talking about anyway? Uh, another nothing. Sean, another Sean inspired lyric. What am I trying to do? What am I trying to say? I'm not trying to tell you anything you didn't know when you woke up today. Oh wow, it's deep. That's what you're trying to do, right? No, I'm trying to tell you. You're something trying you, to repackage the pablum. I'm trying to tell you something you didn't something know new. when you woke up today. That's what you're saying. But I am. A, that's what you're. I am a in? sitting target, sitting praying. You're a sitting target. Sean is saying. It's all about nothing. you. Everybody's after nothing. you. Always. It's a conspiracy against the great ML. <sighs> nothing. Oh, no. Mark's, Mark's oh, checked no. out. He's over there no. texting. Uh, nothing. Oh, no. Nothing. Oh, no. Either Drew upstairs saying, help get me out of this podcast. 101 is way, way, uh, way far enough. I right? was texting Zoos. Okay. Oh, Zoos. <laughs> Zoov's uh, voice in the sky. I'm waiting to get Zoov's order on uh, on one of those sweet Soul of Detroit um, commemorative bikes that are available at the That's awesome. bike what store. Do, now. What are we doing today? Uh, so what well, we're talking a little bit about David Hall. You know, Luke Nowacki can okay. help you save money for the long term. He there can help you, you build wealth. Well, if you need to save some money right now, David Hall is your man. David Hall 
is uh, well, he's 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 financing deals. He's he's uh, refinancing as well, and he can get you rates in the twos. So call today and find out how much a refi can save you every single month. Click the link on our website to get started. Or call my man Dan Morrison at two four eight three zero eight five thousand. That's two four eight three zero eight five thousand. Make sure to tell him ML sent you because Dan is busy. But when he gets your call and he says, oh, wait a minute, wait, I, I can't, I don't have time for this. I can't take this call. I, I was going to give this call to Bentley. Uh, but you know what? Uh, ML sent you. Uh, let me drop everything and let me get you a good deal. So give Dan a call at 248-308-5000. Uh, and, uh, you know, or you can link to him from our website, Hall Financial. They're taking care of folks here on the Red Shovel Network. They've taken care of me on deals I've done with them, and I think that they're, they'll look after your interest as well. And MLS, 146-743-5. I thought Sean was going to jump in there. On the no, 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 Never. no. I was just He's not going to help you. There's no rescue. He's not here to help you. Here. Of course I'm here to help him. The ads have been the best part of the show today, but no, of course I'm here. Sean's a guy who, when oh, you're hanging on a cliff, he he reaches his hand up and he does the hair, handshake thing. Yeah. He, he brushes the side of his yeah. hair. That kicks, really, a little, kicks a little dirt and rocks That really you. sounds like me, doesn't And then it? as you're falling, well, not the hair part, but as you're falling, you're just like, <laughs> Sean! That really sounds like me, yeah. You got the show today. What time? Then is he it, hit Mark? some rocks. Ah, Can you edit that out? No, no. Sean. Maybe I'll double it. Any last words? Get. Are you channeling Charlie there? Sean. Is that what you're doing? Uh, Charlie <laughs> to bring has some never, energy. Sean has never. Once? Uh, Charlie's never fallen off a steep precipice. Nobody brings energy to the show, so I thought maybe you were trying to channel it. I feel like I'm doing a show with a program director, like in the room at the same time. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? That station is... Everything uh, is I'm getting immediate feedback from Sean on everything we're doing. That's right. It's, it's, it's W off. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the number is 666.6 FM. Oh, no, that'd be AM, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm sorry. Very low on the... Uh, on the AM dial. Um, anyways, we love to hear from you in room 7609. Please make your nominations. In fact, I, I got a great nomination not too long ago that I was thinking of playing, but I'm still struggling because the band who produced it is known as sort of the, the preeminent power pop band, but the song has just such great new wave vibes that I, I may, I don't know. I may, I may, I may bring it forward uh, next week just to just to have a lively discussion over whether it's meritorious or not. But anyway, uh, to find out who that is, you'll have to you have to come back to room seven six zero nine next week. And if you're going to get into room seven six zero nine, one of the best ways to do it is by using uh, uh, your key, which could be attached to one of our outstanding room seven six zero nine keychains. Uh, as Sean was mentioning the other day, we have some fantastic bikes. Uh, yes, limited edition. There's pre-sale only. If you want one of our Sola Detroit bikes, and if you want to take a look at it, you have to go to drewandmikestore.com. If you want one, you have to get your order in by the end of May. And this bike, built in Detroit by Detroiters, is available uh, for pickup. If you pick it up, Zach Pashik, who was on the show last week, the president and founder of Detroit Bikes, will give you a tour of the factory. And uh, if you want it delivered, I think we might have a deal where I would deliver it. Um, 
but um, that might cost you a little extra. How might, far will you go? It might cost you a couple of beers. Depends how many how many Altus are waiting in your fridge. Uh, well, let's say uh, Sean ordered one from his house. Would you deliver it all the way there? I probably would. I think I would because I want to check out that sweet uh, that sweet bunker that Sean was broadcasting from around this time. What if I lived in Kalamazoo? Uh, yeah, I think I think Kalamazoo is a cool town. I might make it. Out it is. Kalamazoo. I like Kalamazoo. Yeah, dip my toes in Traverse the City. River. Traverse City oh, for sure, but we have to pick the date. But I, yeah, I'd love to throw it on the back of the Thule, drive it up to Traverse City, Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman, Montana. Try to see how far he'll travel. I had fam. It's funny you picked Bozeman. I my wife was in Bozeman a few weeks ago. I'll have Sean bring it. <laughs> Sean will bring it with yeah. him on his next family visit out there. to family in Bozeman, in Bozeman Montana. Yeah. So there you go, smart guy. Should we go to the po- portion of you tell us what you're working on? We'll, and we'll, you go, we'll, uh, we'll uh, nothing. Through. Yeah, nothing really. <laughs> uh, the Pistons, the draft. Uh, I need, you know, some, yeah, time, yeah, some yeah. time off, hopefully soon. You had a good column on Miguel Cabrera. Thank you. What a disaster he is. Thank you. I've actually been bouncing around. I wrote about the Wings and Iserman and I, I got to tell you. The Verona trade. I wrote about Alavila and some of the struggles with the Tigers. It's really tough to write about these teams right now. Actually, people have been reading because if you lately, because it's so bad. And I was surprised how many people read about uh, the Tigers and Alavila, but you know, it's kind of a hate read thing. Yeah, of course. I think I, yeah. that uh, Miguel Cabrera is going to have a dramatic turnaround the minute that his custom made just for him Winnie the Pooh Detroit bikes are delivered. You might be right. I think right. that is going to give him so much joy. He's going to recapture some of that 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 playfulness that made him such a wonder. They should allow him to ride it around spectacle. the uh, bike paths because it'd be a hell of a lot faster than he is running. If, well, he, ever, he, could, if he ever gets a chance to run around him. You he know could what? challenge the guys in the uh, sausage race in the cars. There you go. You know it was fun to, to work on that column. And for real quick, for most of you who probably didn't read it, Miguel Cabrera passed uh, Babe Ruth on the all-times hit list last Friday. Right, Mark? Mm-hmm. I think that was. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of went back and uh, went down the memory lane for some of his greatest hits, so to speak. No pun intended. And you just you just forget how, not just dominant he was, but just how sort of uh, different he was. The things he could do at the plate and then how we would sort of retell the stories and and then how much uh, even more than that we look forward to him the minute he got into the on deck circle mm-hmm. like oh cabrera's about it let's let you stop what you're doing to watch and there was a lot of talk about him being the best right-handed history ever in the history of the game leland told me one time and and uh i don't remember when he was in that two three year stretch where he was putting up just outrageous numbers that he had never in his 50 years of baseball he had never seen a better hitter yeah uh, right-handed hitter. Uh, unfortunately, right. so much of sports is, what have you done for me lately? What are you doing for me right now? And he is utter garbage, and that contract is an albatross. It, no, it, it is. But there, And I mentioned this in the column real quickly, Mark. There was a there was an at-bat against Phil Hughes. who was a pitcher for the Yankees at the time, and they were in New York, and I, I was there covering the team. And, and Hughes threw him an inside fastball, almost at his knees, you know, so far inside that that it was clearly a ball, right? And he, he can turn on it. He well, dad, but first he backs up in his stance, and then he pulls his hands inward, and then he turns on it and, and lip, rips it down the left field line for a home run. And I remember in the, in the clubhouse afterwards, Anibal Sanchez, who I think pitched that day, and Torrey Hunter was the outfielder. Like that was, they just they couldn't believe it. You just it's don't hard see. You, you couldn't do. see. He could take that same pitch, by the way, and muscle it the opposite way when it was inside. Which I don't want to get into the physics of all that. I'm and plus I'm an idiot, but. <laughs> He was it's just, great. It's just the stuff he did hadn't been done in in that way. And not only that, now we haven't had an athlete in this city for a while do stuff where you 
you say, wow, wow. did you yeah. see that? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, it was. It seemed effortless to him, and unlike, unlike a uh, Albert Pujols or a Mark McGuire, where you could tell that they were an extraordinary physical specimen, he just looked like sort of a tall dude who went up to bat. It was a know? six foot four. He is a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound guy with the feet of a hundred and fifty pound guy. Right? I mean, just mm-hmm. watch him walk and move, and how the the balance and how nimble he is for that. It just it's just God given gifts right i mean he 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 took the plate took the plate like a a little infielder with those quick hands and that quick at bat but then he had the power yeah to put in the in the the camera well in center field god right and so yeah that combination is like tony gwynn with power yeah you you know what i mean and now he's uh gets 30 million a year and everyone hates him yeah so that's just how it works in sports two two things struck me about sean's uh piece number one was that Babe Ruth didn't reach three thousand hits? Did that? Doesn't that seem amazing? Yeah, it, it I mean, really is. I mean, talking for, about perhaps the greatest hit of all time, he didn't yeah. reach three hundred. Now I know he spent a couple of years pitching in Boston, but still. Right. And the other one was all the poor verb choices. Thank you. It's <laughs> a lot of passive <laughs> voice and stuff. Dick. But yeah, <laughs> but otherwise, I thought it was very good. It was Thank very you. good. Thank you. That's always good. an editor. It was, it was well done. Well Except for a podcast writing, but that's so. so um, yeah. So anyway, um, always an editor for the written word. I just wanted to answer a couple of questions that came up in last week's show that I was not able to answer that I feel very bad about. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure you do. Mark, you had asked me what, what the name of that really cool music that we had commissioned. Oh by yeah, Max Pro Cop, and it did have a name, and I totally missed it. It's Buzz Me Cool. Where is that? Can we hear that again? I think you tried some lyrics for it, Sean. So, uh, sitting target. Oh, can we please hear the bass, please? There you go. That was enough. Okay, thank you. So, um, Max offered to put some music together for us and said, I said, that'd be great. And he said, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for something like Jamiroquai meets the Barney Miller theme song. Well, he nailed it. That's it. cool. Yeah, yeah. That that. Big, I don't believe you said that, but he nailed it. I did. I have the I have the email. In did fact, you really. When I looked back and I saw that, I said, "What? Well, I, I really am a good writer." Why did you ask for that combination? Because you could I like, have just said Ocean's Eleven, right? I mean, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I like Jamiroquai. I never saw that, but um, or the original. Yeah, because it's too new. I didn't see the original either. I anticipated that burn. <laughs> Block defended. All right, fine. Ball's going back the other way. Slam dunk. Um, but yeah, so Max may be on a future show. Because it was American made? Is that why you didn't see the original? Uh, I just don't. I'm not a big synopsis. This is great, by the way. We've got some energy in the show. It only took uh, an hour and a half. That's well, awesome. we, we left a big window for Speak you. Speak for yourself, so, man. Um, Mark wasn't his usual self today. He has a lot more questions. He's, he's, he, was, he was very erudite. On yeah, he stuff. was. He was. But I, yeah. Yeah, you did talk a lot, though. Trying to keep the show on track. That's why. Thank you. <laughs> Wait for the horns. Here we go. And now this is absolutely basement. Brad Pitt walking to see Andy Garcia in Novelagio, isn't it? Oh, so you're, you're calling Max a, a musical plagiarist? No, no, it's just evocative of that. It's a, and it's evocative of, of a different yeah, era, uh, too. Why right? not Ocean's 8, you, you misogynist? Because Max, Max is a lawyer, so he could sue you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, we may be having Max on a future show to debut some new music. That'd as, be great. As you may know, he's a bass player for Smiths United. He's also in Shasta Fox and the King's English, so Max has a lot of tunes in his kit 
uh, so we may debut one in a future show. Um, just want to encourage you, if you'd like to support this show, you can send a donation uh, via mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a button to donate. If you want to send us a few coins via PayPal, include a message. We'll be happy to mention that on the show. And um, if you want to follow my campaign, we just launched a new initiative called Five for Four, where we encourage people to donate just $5 because we're trying to remind people that politics isn't about big bucks. It's about people. So if you want to affect change in Detroit, you can do it for as little as five bucks. So uh, go to the website, give us a fin. We'd love to have it. Uh, you know, if you're prepared to donate $2,000, we won't turn you away either. But, uh, oh, maybe we will. <laughs> I guess that was, that was the out that cue. Was, that was um, really nice. Hey, by so, the way, real quickly. Well timed. Sorry for this uh, interlude. No, you're uh, not. Brief. Go ahead. We kind of dropped time. the ball earlier. What did we do? This motherfucker used the word <laughs> avuncular. I knew this was coming. Uh, Cyrus, take us out. <laughs> I, just, I was just waiting. I kept thinking. I kept thinking, you know. But we had a really kind, lovely guest, and uh, I didn't want to go down that road when he mentioned that. But do you remember this, Mark? Sorry, oh, I remember when he said it, yeah. You didn't make a peep. Uh, he, was, he was looking it up. He was in his zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, uh, Admittedly. Yeah. yeah, the guy that went to Michigan yeah. and Catholic I, school. I don't know anything about words. Has, yeah, learned nothing. Well, I guess you're not an elitist at all. So no, I'm just saying he's Catholic, getting whacked with a ruler because everybody. he's not using a glossary, right? So come on. He knows how to. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of corporal punishment in Ann Arbor, usually administered by the Spartans in the big house. Yeah, my wife's not a fan Pregnant of those, pause. those nuns back then. Maybe Mark was, but. <laughs> Wait, Good don't one. don't use the Matt Jennings drops on me. That's very hurtful. That was a lame joke. What do you want? That's very hurtful. By the way, the petition is now up to 1,000 signatures. But, uh, <laughs> you can sign it online. At, Where is uh, Matt anyway? I don't know. I just spotted him up. I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know where he is anymore. I think he was probably laying down a, a little, uh, some beats with his own drums. I think he's plowing some fields. To, uh, to, to oh buzz God. me cool. So anyway. What? I do like the air drumming, though, but that, but our, our, our audience doesn't see that, do they? No, that's no, why no, I mentioned no, That's no. why I mentioned it. No, no. Matt is, oh, Matt is like your, uh, your childhood porn collection. We keep him hidden till no one's watching. I didn't have one of those. Oh, you didn't? They didn't have one at uh, where Indiana, Illinois, or uh, Texas, uh, <laughs> Japan, or <laughs> that might have been one of the creepiest things you've ever said. <laughs> no, Proud I'm, of yourself. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. That was just a joke. <laughs> funny. No, it was bad. That was just a bad joke. That was great. No, I, I like the mature over forty, you know, kind of thing. When I was, when I was thirteen. <laughs> Cougar. Okay. Um, well, you know. Uh, you know, well, that's another I thing I didn't expect to hear today. I don't know why we don't just end this, but I guess when they take you off the ventilator, they don't put a pillow over your face. So we're just going to sit here and wheeze <laughs> until somebody codes us, and then uh, hopefully. I mean, you guys probably like Samantha on Bewitched. I liked Endora. <laughs> we we all have that. our own thing. Can we just say that? <laughs> I always had you for a Mrs. Kravitz. Oh time. no, 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 Endora, man, it's the yeah. The flowing robe. Agnes Moorhead was pretty cool, though. No, I mean, she was very cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's you're not really conceding much there. You know, and back the, in the, the day, Agnes Moorhead, you know, va va voom. But, um, but when Bewitched, she was probably in her early 70s, right? Late, well, 60s. Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, you know, roaming Why around the world in a military we, base. What are we doing? This is prolonging the agony. <laughs> uh, maybe after the 
after well, the last horn riff. Then just remember, it goes in your words, so. though. <sighs> okay. All right. That's All right. enough. Shovel Network. That's yeah. enough. Yeah, baby. I feel like I'm in a, the, the worst episode of Peter Gunn ever. Um, Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour, making news like no one else right here on the Red Shovel Network. And of course, there's the Drew and Mike podcast, your friendly daily dose of everything that matters. You can only get it here on the Red Shovel Network. One more horn riff. Maybe two more. Okay. <laughs> Max and Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? On the podcast episode. It's called 101. Yeah. Why? Well, it was in fact the 101st episode. Oh, really? We were hoping it to be 100, but uh, oh, no, <laughs> somewhere think, another one got added. I think that. 101 actually has a bit more yeah, ring to it. Yeah. Than it. 